560 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. As the curtain comes down on the best month of sports, we talk sports with you from 10 until noon. I'm glad you're with us, and I hope you can stay with us. Coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today, Stephen M. Sippel from the Lincoln Journal Star in his regular Thursday spot. We'll look back some of the controversy that uh, followed the Indiana victory over in Lincoln this past weekend and a look ahead. Uh, Lee Sterling is going to join us at 1045 from Paramount Sports, and then Clones and Hawks in the 11 o'clock hour. Alex Halstead will uh, join us at 11.15 or 20 what after whenever we uh, run out of that first segment and then Mark Morehouse on Iowa State. The Kansas City Royals have their new manager Trent Condon. It's Mike Matheny as I look over at you on the other side of the glass. Mm-hmm. Very proud, very glad that you decided to wear your Montreal Expos ball cap uh, into work today in tribute to the uh, to the Expos, of course, who are now the Washington Nationals. What a series. What an unbelievable Game 7. Uh, I can't tell you how much I'm going to miss baseball. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I mean, the month of October is so good. It's a long season. I get that. And, you know, not everybody's into it from April uh, through the end. But, boy, October. And, and and how about those Nationals? This the way that they did it. You know, down 3-1, going into the eighth inning in the wild card. Trailing 3-1, top of the eighth in Game 5 of the NL Division Series. And then, of course, uh, yesterday they're down two zip in the seventh inning, only to, you know, pull away and win in convincing fashion as they did. What a team! It was fun, a great season. And congrats to you, by the way. Yeah, you I had this. It. I had this from the get go. Well, well, we got a moment. Let's do it right now. We take you back to March twenty eighth. We make our official predictions before no, the year. You did, did well, you? World Series, real quick. I'm going Yankees, Cardinals, Yanks win. Yankees, Cardinals for you. And, and I the- wanted to pick the Astros, but I just I'm going Yanks. I went Astros in the American League against again those Washington Dodgers, Nationals. All the Natties, Nationals again. There it is. But did you pick the winner? Well, you bet the winner, so I'm going to give you credit for it. I bet the winner. That one counts, but no, I didn't. So that have was Houston March 28th. That was your March was, 28th. I, I had the World it. Series. Nailed it. Good for you. Now, if we, I, we go back to August, I told everybody to take Seahawks Chiefs in the yeah, Super Bowl. That was 90-1. to 1. That's got a chance. Hope people jumped aboard with me, World Series, and we'll see about the NFL. Yeah, well, These futures have been you're good. You're still alive. You're still very much alive. Gave I mean, people Patrick Reed a couple years ago in the Masters. Well, you're living on that one, aren't you? Well, <laughs> what do I get? About a five-year respite before I got to finally let that I, I one think, go? I think that's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, good for you. Good, uh, Well done as we go back to March. And, and you had the other two teams in the season. Yeses, yeah, yeah. The Cardinals, I mean, yeah. People should be listening to us. We give good information. I wish more were, no doubt about it. All right, Alex Halstead uh, uh, to finish out the BMW Des Moines guest list. Or did that Alex Halstead and Mark Morehouse in the eleven o'clock hour. Trent, it was and uh, Scherzer didn't have his best stuff. Mm-hmm. Zach Greinke was terrific last night. There's a lot of you know uh, second guessing, I guess, going on. Did they pull him too soon? Look, he'd just given up a home run and a base hit, and he'd only thrown 80 pitches. 80 I pitches, get yeah. that. I mean, he was dominant early in this baseball game, and the Astros had so many chances. How many runners did they leave on in the first five or six innings? Seemingly, there was, you know, runners, a couple of men on base every time that uh, Scherzer would find a way to get out of it. 
Uh, Soto's grab in the bottom of the second inning when that ball is is dying as it goes to left field and he takes the ball off the grass with a couple of runners that clearly would have scored. Um, that was a massive play in the baseball game. There's so many of them. And I think they got the right MVP. I get there's a lot of Rendon love out there, mm-hmm. but you go back to game six and Rendon, yep, you're right. They hit a big home run in that one. But where are they without Strasburg going eight and a third? Right. With yeah. no tomorrow. And the bullpen, the concerns that we've talked about really throughout this season whenever we brought up this mm-hmm. Nationals team. they got two guys apparently they can trust. Yes. Doolittle and Hudson. <laughs> and they use those guys as much as possible. Corbin coming in, he, he was, was really, really good. He was yes. excellent. He was excellent yeah. out of the pen there. Will Harris, on the other hand, was Ooh. not. Second straight night. You know, And people, again, killing Hitch for making the decision after 80 pitches. Mm-hmm. We're going to pull him. We're going to go with Harris. This guy was great all season long. He's been good for them. Harris, what, you're talking. 1.50 ERA throughout the year. Oh. 62 appearances. Right. This guy was the guy that they had relied on mm-hmm. throughout the season. Picked this, a bad couple of days he to, did. You know, to go. In. I agree with you. Now, I, I, I don't have no problem with who they went to or the fact that they went to the bullpen, Trent, mm-hmm. because Granky looked, he was untouchable. He's unhittable. And then all of a sudden, boom, home run. Uh, and then a base hit, and you're thinking, now what if he would have left them in, and the, and, the, and we would have just had the merry-go-round would have started. Absolutely, he would have got killed today for doing that. If, so. if Kendrick would have hit the same home run just against right. Grinky instead, yeah, the second guessing I think would be even louder. Off the here right today. field foul pole, how that about that ping? One? Yes. And then just the you can hear the smattering of national fans that are there. Uh-huh. Those sounds of baseball, sounds of baseball in general, are just great. But that one there, when you do it on the road. But it's a World Series game, so there are more fans than you normally would have, Mm -hmm. but they're scattered around, and you just hear kind Mm -hmm. of the little echo. Oh, that was good. Yeah, no, it was great. Uh, The the whole World Series, the entire playoffs were great. I'm going to miss it. I love October. I love October baseball, Uh, the the race to the World Series, and then we were entertained through seven games, all of them going to the road team, which is remarkable in and of itself that um, the home team (laughs) didn't win a darn game uh, in this series. Well pitched, I think, for the most part. You really can't poke holes in any pitching performance of the starters anyways. Um, you know, the, the the Astros, it wasn't for lack of these guys going in a slump. You know, I mean, sure. Bregman didn't have the best uh, postseason. Springer was good. Altuve had a couple of, you know, unfortunately, he ground into a couple of double plays yesterday. Gurriel was great in the ball game. Correa's Correa. I'll tell you who was good. Uh, the batting average maybe won't say it, but Chirino's got a couple of big hits this he October. He did, yeah, yeah. That's a and he played here apparently. Did you? I mean, in Iowa. Oh, really? With uh, Tommy Birch t- uh, tweeted. I think Birchie tweeted that out a couple of days ago. Um, but yeah, I, I don't recall him being here, but apparently he was here. So. Couple of World Series rings for yes. some Iowans. Love that? that. Speaking of, uh, Birchie saw his tweet last night about that. See Birchie's costume last night, by the way. Ah. <laughs> He's a good dad. Uh, he really is. Hats off to you for doing this, Tommy. Better than me because I went dressed as Cold Trent Condon last night as did we were you? trick or treating. Oh, so you actually went out? Oh, yeah. How absolutely. long did you stay out for? Hour and a half. So 6 to 7.30? Yep, or? yep. Made it back. Now, we had to make a pit stop back home for a potty break. Oh, you or Ella? Ella. Ella. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no I, I didn't have any uh, hot toddy. Should have had one uh-huh. for that walk around. But as we were doing that, I was coming out of the garage. So we just left our candy on our doorstep with a little sign. No. Please take one. Oh, I got you. I or got you. else. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but as we were walking out of the garage, this kid, probably 6th, 7th grade, he hollers, Free candy! And he <laughs> hollers back, and these three girls, a little older, maybe 7th, 8th grade, they come running up. 
And I walk out of the garage. Rage, yeah. And kid kind of gives me a look. <laughs> Busted. Girls give me a look. <laughs> and I hear him whisper to one of the girls, just take one. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, so we got back and there was still a couple pieces of candy good. left in the uh, the bucket up there. So Free candy. Got myself a Snickers and a Reese's to uh, end the evening after a long night and back to the baseball after that. And, Very nice. And what a night that it was. This offseason for baseball, too. Baseball, so many times, even though we both love it, it gets pushed to the back burner because football. Yeah, and look, at before Game 6, they were trending towards the lowest-watched World Series in the history of the World Series. Have you seen any numbers for I Game 7? I have not seven? from today. I have to think it, was, it did pretty well. And it'll come out yes. probably during our show. We'll, we'll keep you up to date when we find something right. here on Twitter. I'm because sure something will come. I was, to the best of my knowledge, is the only state who trick-or-treats last night, so everybody would have been... <laughs> There's a small pocket of, of Ohio that is, also oh, is there? It. Yes. Is there? I didn't realize I think Dayton that. or something like that. They're weirdos too, like we are here. Mm-hmm. I just don't get it. And, and don't put all of Iowa in that. This is a central Iowa thing. Oh, so I oh, didn't yeah, know no, that. No, it's just the goobers here. Whatever the reason, 100 years ago, that they made the decision to have trick-or-treating yeah. the night before Halloween. No, it's just in central Iowa for whatever reason. Well, I panicked yesterday. I I, oh. I had Cindy stop and get more just in case. We had, we had a, you know, a fair amount, but I thought, you know what? I don't want to be the guy that runs out. Sure. You know, we didn't have one kid. Not one kid. <laughs> no. So but what'd like you get? The, what, what do you got for the sweet tooth? I should bring it in because it's just going to sit there. Yeah, you don't drink. You don't do sweets, <clears throat> do you? No, not very much. Very, very little. Um, but yeah, no. We have, we haven't had kids since 2014 or 15. Maybe I told you we just put out your address. No, I don't want to do that. I wanted to. I wanted to. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. You want it organically to happen? Now next year I'll be. You know, we'll we'll. You know, taper things down a little bit, mm-hmm. we'll, and then boom, all of a sudden. But anyways, uh, the game itself was terrific. I'm I'm going to miss it. You're going to miss it. Mm-hmm. Well done on your getting uh, plus one ninety. So if you bet a hundred, and I know you didn't, you would have made a hundred ninety back. But I and more like ten. Um, well, still you got nineteen. So they, yeah. so good for you. Uh, but it's better than uh, better than getting zip, right? But what I was saying there, you know, is baseball kind of gets pushed back, and we don't talk about it a ton during the off season. But this, the number of free agents this year, I think it's going to be a bigger topic of conversation. The Cubs are going to have to do some retooling, at mm-hmm. the very least. The White Sox probably are going to be spending. The Twins yep. have a lot of money to spend. What are the Cardinals going to do? The Brewers going to do? We have a lot Royal of relevant... signed Mike Matheny today to be their manager. A lot of local relevant teams. And this free agent list, from Garrett Cole at the top of it, to Anthony Rondon, Strasburg, if he decides to opt out of his deal. Now, what do you do if you're Strasburg? He's going to leave $100 million on... Here's the thing about... These... Um... Baseball MVP stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Steven Strasburg's contract is $175 million. Fully does, guaranteed. Does he really need the car? <laughs> right? I gotcha, yeah. yeah. Uh, for, for winning the World Series MVP, he got, he got uh, a quarter of a million dollars. That's a lot of money. Yes. But when you're making $175 million, you know, does he really need the car and the, and the, uh, the quarter of a mil that comes his way? Um, they they breathe different air than than us folks. There's no doubt about that. They got the right guy. Uh-huh. I, I'm convinced Strasburg deserves to be the guy. You know he was five and zero in October, first time ever. Wow, a pitcher uh, has gone through October um, with that type of a record. Um, he he was terrific. He was really really good. Scherzer didn't have his best stuff last night, mm-hmm. but gutted it out, man. I mean he walked four guys. He walked more guys than he struck out, and they stuck with him. He kept finding a way to get off the hook. And as you're watching the game, you're thinking, boy, the Astros, this is going to come back to bite them. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, it did. Has Mattress Max always oh, more than 15 minutes of, uh, of fame? Um, 
Well, what's Darren Ravel going to talk about? Now? Right, right. Well, he'll find something else. He'll find a different angle to certainly hit there. The guy that was betting across the country on the Astros. He got up yesterday, jumped on his private plane or his Lear, whatever it was, and flew to Mississippi. Then from Mississippi went to Las Vegas, where he bet more money. He stood to make $20 million. The reason he did it, he's owned, if you're, we've told the story before, but if you haven't heard it, he owns a furniture business in Houston. I mean, a huge furniture business. Mm-hmm. Beds, I mean, all furniture. And he guaranteed that if you come in and buy from us, if the Astros win the World Series, it's free. You don't have to pay your bill. Up to, what was it, like three grand, something like that? Big, Five big grand? money. But, yeah. but he was hooked. Mm-hmm. $14 million, apparently. If the Astros would have won, he would have, he would have been out $14 million. So that's why he decided to, you know, to hedge his promotion and go bet that much of his own money. And had the Astros would have won, there would have been a lot of happy Houston uh, residents because they didn't have to pay for their bill. But Mattress Mac would have made, I think he was due to make 20, grand, 20 million. Is I that think. what it was? I think it was 20 million he stood to win on the game. Instead, so. he's got $14 million of. Furniture, right? People paying and a bunch off their of cops bill. at sports books. I'm guessing. Well, and, and the other part that's going to be happening with this guy is you look at publicly what has happened in, in Houston and the people, and he's going to have another one of these promotions and these things. He does it all the time, and it's going to continue to blow up, and it's going to become a national story, and on and on and on. Guy knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He's done very, very well for mm-hmm. himself. Uh, speaking of doing very well for himself, you mentioned Strasburg, twenty-five million next year. 15, 15, and then 45 on the back end. The adjusted salary is basically 15 a year. And he Left, can walk away. He can walk away. Do you, if you're him? Is means there more money out there for He's him? He's 31. Uh, who, is he the loser of the Garrett Cole sweepstakes? I mean, if you if you have to have a front-line pitcher. Mm-hmm. Because Bumgarner still will get money. Yeah, but he's not the same guy. No, and, and he's on the back end, certainly, right. of his career. People are talking about Cole may, maybe making $300 million. Mm-hmm. He's still only 29 years old. Right. If you're Strasburg and you see that kind of thing, I don't know. He's got. Who would you there. rather have if you're Mike Rizzo, the GM of the of the Nationals? Would you rather have Strasburg or Rendon? Because both of them, they, I mean, yes. Rendon's going to walk, or Rendon's a free agent. Who would you rather have? <sighs> Scherzer's in. Scherzer's not going anywhere. They have so much young talent in the offense. Maybe it's still Strasburg. Yeah. And Scherzer, I mean, can't pitch forever. And just the the taxes taxing that he has had on his body. This guy is the embodiment of a bulldog. Mm. Oral Hershiser has the nickname, but he is right, right there. How long is it going to last? And it, for Scherzer, you wonder when it goes south, if it's going to go south very quickly for him, if there's going to be something devastating that happens. He has just put so much his body in. And again, last night, just grunting his way through that one. How about Grinky grunting, too? Yes, he was. Absolutely he was. What, do you think it was just a mic that was there and he's normally that yeah, way? Yeah, you know what? I wonder, right? Because they, they do be. trick it up. They do t- try to give you give us extra looks. Remember, they got the they embed a little camera right in front of the home plate. I don't know if they did this World Series, but in the bases. You know what? Let's, let's take a minute here and... and I, I'll never understand this, and this isn't a new take for me. This has been a this has been an opinion of mine for 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 years. I, I don't get the hatred to Joe Buck. I mean, Trent, this guy is as solid for me. I get it. Everybody's not like me. Mm-hmm. This guy is as solid as what he do. Think about his career. I mean, the lead announcer for the World Series, the Super Bowl every three years, wherever Fox's big NFL game is, every single week there he is. Um, and he's been he's been Fox's guy. Think about this, because he doesn't seem like he's that old. He's been in that role for twenty two years. 
22 years. Okay, going back 22 years, maybe you can say, yeah, the only reason he's there because of his daddy. Mm -hmm. And the only reason he got his gig in the first place, well, a couple of reasons. His dad certainly helped a bunch. But once his dad opened the door, if if you lack talent, you're not going to get that opportunity. Right. Yeah, your dad's going to get you in, but then you're going to have to deliver. And good gosh, he does. I think he's as good as... I think he's the best in the business. I'm right there with you. I, and what is it that people don't like about him? I, he's not arrogant. I, I think it's he? that. I think it's what you said, though. I think it is the way that he first got hit, that gig. I so think if, it's he was, as if he was Joe Peterson? Now, there's always going to be detractors regardless of what it is. There are people that don't like all kinds of people that are incredibly good at their craft just mm-hmm. because that's the world that we live in today. That People are not held in the same esteem that they once were. And, and Twitter makes, I mean, Twitter just, you know, exacerbates. Right. Well, and we're talking about just a small percentage, too. You know, the loudest population is mm-hmm. that small population. And they have a lot to say, and they're out there. And it feels like it's everybody saying it. It's not everybody, but it's that vocal minority that makes it what it is. Yeah. I'm with you. I enjoy Buck. I've told you, you know, different play-by-play guys. we got different tastes and things, different right. guys that we like for whatever reason. You're not a Gus Johnson guy. Right. I enjoy Gus yeah. Johnson. Uh, I despise Jim Nance on football. I think he's awful. I hate, mm-hmm. I hate him in basketball. I don't think he's good. He's great at the Masters, yep. but those other two sports, he's not my cup of tea. Now, Romo's helped him in football. That's for sure. He has opened him up in a big-time wave, but he's just not. Everybody has a different style, different voice, whatever it is, the cadence. You like different things, but, Buck, I'm with you. There's a lot more haters than... I think certainly he deserves. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and seemingly there's not a big game. You can log on on Twitter. He's trending. You know, he's like Booker McFarland on Monday. <laughs> now I get the Booker stuff. That's... See, and I like Booker. No, I don't mind him. Yeah. I don't mind him. He's just not everybody's cup of tea. But Joe Buck, my God, he's as solid, I think, as, as I've ever heard. You know, honestly. And there's been some, I mean, Pat Summerall in football. Him and Joe Madden were just spectacular. Keith Jackson in college football. He was terrific. Um, you know, the basketball guys that came before us, the Billy Packer and these type of guys. Um, there's a lot of vitriol for There Packer. is, and, and he got out before Twitter got as big as it did. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, just, just the longtime voices, and Joe Buck is not that old of a dude, and he's been in that role for, for, in that role for 22 years. I first saw him. Uh, in the, but before I think he started, was, we were in Jupiter when the, when the Cardinals first moved there doing, we were covering World Series, uh, not World Series, we were covering spring training in okay. Jupiter where the Cardinals train. And, and Jack Buck was still alive and Jack Buck saw him up close and he was, he's kind of a slight, or he's kind of, he was kind of slight, you know, but dressed to the nines in his hair. I mean, look, I mean, he was just immaculate, right? He looked like, like this guy's, on the top of the on the top of the yeah. mountain for what he does, and his son was, I don't know how old Joe Buck would have been, maybe in late teens, early twenties, but tagging behind him, and he was going to get his opportunity to do a couple of innings, and even then, well, you know, you know, like, you know just bring your kid to work day, right. type thing, and well, maybe it was at first, but um, he, he's certainly grown on me. All right, Stephen M. Sipple's coming up. Lincoln Journal Star, we'll do that. Uh, Lee Sterling's going to opine. Did you see Lee? Kind of backing up everybody's thought that not the best weekend of college football. Yes. He's got five NFL games uh, that are four NFL games and one college game uh, that he's going to opine on. There's a couple of marquee games this weekend in the NFL trend. There's been some dogs this year. I took a look at the schedule. I mean, Vikings Chiefs is where are we at with Mahomes? Still questionable, right? Last I saw. After last week, it felt like he was uh, that this time last week, we thought that there was a pretty good chance he was going to play. No doubt. And it felt like, well, it'll be all systems go the following week. 
and I was incredulous. I just couldn't understand mm-hmm. why they were pushing him back. This makes more sense, but after last week, it leaves me more confused. Is this is Andy Reid just playing mind tricks on, on people? Uh, I wouldn't be a bit surprised. I mean, he's a football coach after all. And True. then Sunday night football, New England at Baltimore. I wish Baltimore would pipe down a little bit. They're, they're awful... Uh, confident and cocky. I mean, they're taking on they're taking on Bill Belichick, and Belichick <clears throat> has a great defense. And you know what he's going to have that defense do, right? What are, what is the what are the Patriots known for? They take away what you do best, and right now, what you do best is your quarterback, who's incredibly gifted. I heard this stat yesterday, and I didn't have a chance to verify it, but I just heard it in passing. Mm-hmm. Belichick has won his last twenty one games against first year or second year quarterbacks, rookies or second year quarterbacks. Mm. Last 21 games. Isn't that something? It's unthinkable. He confuses you, doesn't he? And now he Lamar Jackson, you. he's going to be the one yeah. with this Patriots defense. I know. Some of those defenses during the 21 were not great defenses. No, they had some great pieces, but overall they weren't. Now, I'm not sure that there's you know, a, a piece that you would look at on this team. You know, there's, there's good players, don't get me wrong. But, but it's not elite level stuff. Yeah, there's, there's not somebody that, you know, with, who's the first guy that you think of when you're talking, when you think about the, the Patriots defense? Who's the first guy you think of? The McCordys? I guess. Stephon Gilmore? It's more in the back end. Danny Shelton just being big in the middle? Mm. <laughs> just, Vince Wolfork was that guy. Right, exactly. And you have to have that. Mm-hmm. I, I guess maybe. The biggest name to me is Dante Hightower. Yeah, but he's, but he's not the same guy. I don't think he was uh-uh. a couple I years think ago. It's Gilmore, maybe, but point being, they Patrick don't Chung. have. Yeah, I mean, sure, but again, we're, these are all nice pieces, mm-hmm. but individually, they don't wow you. Any of those guys going to Canton? No, <laughs> I don't think so. No, but boys, as a collective unit, you're right. That that defense is uh, is borderline elite. Now we know the competition is about to ratchet up starting this mm-hmm. Sunday night. So I think those are both five stars. I really do. Vikings Chiefs is yep. huge. Maybe I'm making too big of a deal of it because it's in our market nationally. I still think it is. It's a five star for us. That's for I sure. absolutely is. And then Sunday night's unbelievable. All right, Trent. Uh, maybe some uh, folks want to go to a an NFL playoff game with one of the locals trending that way. Let's help put some money in their bank account. <laughs> Yes, indeed. It's time to help you try and win $1,000. Uh, holiday shopping not too far away. Here is this hour's keyword. Simply text SUPER to 200-200 right now. That's SUPER to 200-200. Back You'll to get Stephen a confirmation a- text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. I'm sorry about that, Mr. Announcer Guy. Back with Stephen M. Sippel, Lincoln Journal star Lee Sterling still to come. Trent tonight till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. 1460 KXNO. It's time for SIP. <laughs> Stephen M. Sipple from the Lincoln Journal Star talks with myself and Ken on Nebraska football. I mean, I have a radio show. We have callers. I pay attention to my Twitter notifications and all that. There's definitely some frustration. We talk Cornhuskers, and you never know what else is going to come up. With 30 years on the Nebraska beat, here's Stephen M. Sipple. As long as they're paying me to talk, I'm just going to keep doing it. 
And he joins us to talk a little more. It's Miller and Condon. Welcome back. About 10.30 on your Thursday morning. Uh, Lee Sterling coming up from Paramount Sports. Let's head west, shall we? To Lincoln we go. Stephen M. Sipple from the Lincoln Journal-Star joins the program. It's Purdue hosting the Huskers this weekend. Uh, last weekend was big towards bowl eligibility. It didn't go their way. Indiana left the field at Memorial Stadium uh, knowing that they were bowl eligible. Stephen M., Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? Well, I'm, it's always fun. this is one of the funnest parts of the uh, week for me. So thanks for thanks for having me on. I, I'm, I'm 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 serious. I like coming on. I love that open. It's really good. <laughs> Trent put some thought into it. Uh, listen, it was. Uh, I don't know what to make of it, Sip. I really don't. Indiana, especially afterwards, right with the AD, Indiana's AD. Um, you know, he was not taking a victory lap necessarily, but he wanted their fan base to know that, you know, they used, I guess, something that seemingly was innocuous that uh, Scott Frost might have said that, you know, that, uh, you know, we want more of Indiana on the on the schedule. And, I, and I'm guessing that's what caused this. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, it, it's, the game was over and the, the, they were bowl eligible, yet they didn't want to let it go. It lingered for a while over in Bloomington. Yeah, you represented that that situation really well. Um, I no, there's there's nothing else that I know of that the Nebraska coaching staff would have said that could be interpreted as disrespect. In fact, I'm confident in saying that because Frost openly wondered about it in his Monday news conference, seen by the world, and so to speak. And then and then I know I know that Nebraska's chief of staff made calls to Indiana right after the comments came out and said, look, wait, what, what, what exactly are we talking about here? They didn't, Nebraska didn't know, caught off guard and, by, by Fred Glass's comments. They, they wanted to, Scott expressed surprise publicly and privately. I know Nebraska right, right, went right to Indiana and said, well, what are we talking about here? So I thought it was, um, I don't think it was in great form for the AD at Indiana to do that, unless he was ready to explain, you know, if he was, if he would have given a, given an explanation, however, kind of, you know, in this case, like you said, innocuous or contrived, you know, I think I, I saw this as very contrived and it would, I think it would have been all right, but yeah, it was kind of weird, right? Yeah, I thought so. It definitely was. The quarterback situation looks to be clearing back up, but really, short of the fumble, that Adrian Martinez being out wasn't the reason they lost that football game. Where are we at with quarterbacks here? And, and overall, looking forward here, McCaffrey, how much more do you anticipate we'll see out of him if Martinez isn't back to 100%? Well, I answered in the immediate. Um, McCaffrey didn't practice this week, or at least he didn't. Mm. Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, because of a knee injury he incurred um, against Indiana in the fourth quarter. He, he the, the injury occurred. He played for a he played for a while on it, um, but then the decision was made. He was limping, and then the decision was made to go with Noah Vedral, re-enter Noah re-enter Noah Vedral into the game, who had started last week's game re-enter him for the final series. It was a really interesting situation toward toward the end of that game when McCaffrey was limping and went out of the game. You you had literally three quarterbacks, right. three good ones, yeah. that all wanted to go in. Adrian, Adrian 
was available to play, but they didn't want to play. He warmed up, looked good in warm-ups, mm-hmm. but they made the decision to start Noah Vedral. Noah Vedral, of course, got hurt late in the second quarter. They went with the freshman McCaffrey. i sorry if this is all confusing to people that haven't the, the uninitiated. They went with McCaffrey. Um, then he got hurt, and they re-entered Vedral. Now, Vedral, Vedral, all, Vedral left the game because he was hurt, but he's fine. <laughs> he's fine now. He had, I think he had an ankle issue. So they have the long and short of it, Trent, is Adrian's going to start. He's fine health-wise now. I think Vedral's is – I mean, I think Vedral's really close to 100%. Both those guys talked to the media. Martinez and Vedral talked to the media in full uniform this week. They would not put him up there if there were any questions about their health. So there you go. It's Martinez and Vedral. And I imagine Adrian Martinez will have a very long leash now going forward. Uh, Stephen M. Simple from the Lincoln Journal Star is our guest. Steve, uh, Dick Chatelaine is uh, you know with a different paper, and I hope I'm pronouncing his, uh, his last name right. Uh, but you're both members of the same fraternity, uh, fraternity, the print media. His column, column in the Omaha World Herald this past week certainly got a lot of people's attention. Uh, did you read it? And uh, I, I, I certainly found it fair. I wasn't surprised that there was you know considerable blowback still by the fan base. But is the does he speak for? Not the entire fan base, but seemingly some are starting to resign themselves that, boy, getting out of this, you know, this um, malaise, I guess, that Nebraska football seemingly is in is going to be more difficult than perhaps most thought. Yeah, I think that sentiment has seeped in. Now, I, I got to be careful because I did not read the column. Um, I, don't, I haven't, but, I, but a, a few people asked me about it um, and gave me the gist of it. Yeah, I. I mean, I don't, so I better not comment on the column. But what you just said, I would say, is accurate. I think you said it very well. That I do think it is, it has kind of set in that it may take a while. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, it's, such a, it's a very weird conversation in Nebraska. It is. It, it's really odd. I mean, they gave him, they gave Scott a seven-year deal. Mm-hmm. And that was that's unprecedented at Nebraska. And when they did, I, there was, you know, I thought there was a level of understanding that this could take a while. Sure, right, right. Um, but all you know, you know how it goes, though. Um, that's easy to say, and you know, in the off season, and then when the bullets start flying in the heat of the season, everybody gets really hysterical. Um, or not everybody, but some people do, and the. You know, in the fans and the media, it gets, you know, it just becomes a very hysterical, dramatic commentary. And <laughs> this is what it is. I mean, <laughs> I get it. I sort of get a kick out of it, actually. Um, we, we wait for football because we think yeah. it's fun, but it just, you know, think about this week for Nebraska. They, they're going to go play Purdue. And if they win the game, a large portion of the fan base is going to shrug their shoulders and say, big deal, it's Purdue. If they lose, there's going to be one more round of hysteria. I mean, there's not there's not much balance in the conversation, right? I mean, Nebraska's a three-point favorite. I don't think there should be that kind of a reaction, but I guess that's just the way it is, right? Yeah. You know, so, but another thing I'm struck with is, is some of the, uh, you know, the underclassmen on the team that – you know, are willing to come out and say that not everybody's buying into what Coach Frost is trying to do. 
Um, and, and it's seemingly, you know, the young guys in the program, hey, I'm glad that they get an opportunity to speak. That's not the, uh, the situation in a lot of schools. Uh, but has, have you noticed that as well, that some of the, um, you know, younger players on the program are willing to come out and say, you know, not everybody's buying in? Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm, you're always a little, I don't know if surprised, but it's sort of a pleasant surprise when it's verbalized, I guess. I mean, it's, that's what you hope that mm-hmm. people are being honest with you, right? Absolutely. Um, and, and, and there, there shouldn't be a lot of, I like these conversations because I think they're productive. I, I think, why should we be surprised that not everybody's bought in based on what we see on the field? I mean, if you if you just take special teams, you know if you're if you're trying to gauge culture in a program, a lot of coaches will tell you watch special teams because that's dirty work, it's grunt work, um, and if that's being performed at a high level um, with a lot of passion and vigor, um, it's just like at your place at the radio station. If if the you know if the you know if the employees that don't get a lot of recognition or get zero recognition are really going at it hard and it's productive behind the scenes. What's that tell you about the culture of your, of your enterprise? Mm-hmm. It tells you it's great. Nebraska's special teams have been a disappointment. That, that's been a consistent disappointment this year. So why would I be surprised if, the, if a, some players express some reservations about the shortcomings of the culture? Well, uh, speaking of disappointments, that's certainly been the case again for the uh, much maligned Blackshirt defense. Eric Shenander, former Iowa Hawkeye player, now the defensive coordinator there, much maligned by the fan base at Nebraska. If this thing continues to go south, the defense doesn't show improvement over these final four games. It's only year two, but could you see Shenander being in trouble? No, not with, I mean, in trouble with a certain part of the fan base. Right. No, no, not with the boss. No way. No, no way. no way Scott's making a move, and no way the AD is going to put that in. I mean, the AD here doesn't operate like that. Scott doesn't operate like that. Now, I got to, Trent, Trent um, and you follow this stuff close, mm-hmm. and I, I respect all your opinions, but I don't know that I would put much maligned on Shenander right now. I, you guys could probably see it there. There's, there's always a vocal minority. Yes. And I'm probably like you in that I. I, you know what, I, I get swept up in the vocal minority sometimes because they're loud and they're, they can, they can kind of sidetrack the way you think. But I don't know if I'd put much maligned on Chenander at this point. I mean, there's definitely, you're always going to get kind of some wackos, right? That, that, uh, <laughs> we were just talking about this. They're never happy about, they, they wouldn't be happy yep. if they're, I mean, they complain if they're, if their milk's too cold. I mean, there's always, <laughs> There's always got to be that. Hey, Sip, last thing, we got a minute left, but I want to go back to Big Ten Media Days, and I think it was your question. I was kind of on the periphery uh, when you guys had Moose cornered and you were talking uh, to Nebraska AD, and, and he, he, he made a, the answer to the question, and I think it was yours, might not have been. You know, he mentioned that, you know, six and six is an improvement. That's something we can build upon. And I'm paraphrasing, but six and six came out of his mouth. And, you know, I think that when that got reported, the, the fan base was incredulous that here, RAD is only, you know, the standard is six and six. Uh, six and six right now looks a lot more realistic. Moose might be right. But do you remember that, Sip? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And once again, you, you represented it perfectly. Yes. I mean, I remember it vividly. We were in the hallway at that hotel, hotel in downtown Chicago, and 
everybody was a little taken aback yeah. by that answer by Moose. Um, but Moose, now I want to tell you something about Bill Moose. We got a minute left, he so go ahead. Yeah, yeah, real quick. He understands football at a very high level. He does. He, he played it. Um, he's a great, he's a very good tackle, offensive tackle at Washington State. Follows it. He's a passionate follower of football. He sized up the situation really well. And, and yeah, it looks like, I mean, he, he knew there was depth issues. I mean, there's, and he knew the issues on the team well. So, yeah, he sized it up well. That's a good, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, and it was your question, right? I think it was. Yeah, yeah. I asked him about it. Yeah. I wrote about it. Asked Scott about it. Scott was even kind of taken aback by it. But you know what? And Scott is a confident guy. I I kind of like the fact that he was taken aback by it. Scott is sort of defined by his confident air, and I, I think you want a leader like that. Sip, we'll talk to you next week. It's the bye week, but uh, hopefully you can give us a few minutes. I appreciate you coming on, as always, Stephen M. Look forward to this segment every week as you do. All right. Well, thank you very much. It, it, hey. It was really good today. Appreciate it. Take Thanks care, Phil. Good to talk to you. Stephen M. Simple, uh, Lincoln Journal Star. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. Next, Miller and Condon here till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station. 14... No. Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO. 11 o'clock hour. Cyclones and Hawkeyes. Alex Halstead on Iowa State. Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette, will uh, catch us up on the Hawks. Right now, Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. It's Thursday. It's 1045-ish. <laughs> we do our best, Ish. Lee, to be as close as we can. Good to talk to you Lee guys. Sterling. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Uh, was that the Kansas State-Oklahoma upset last yes, week? Yes, you were. What a... One of the top 15 games I probably have ever been to. So it looked like it was over at 10 nothing Oklahoma. Yeah. The guys I would I was with, even though we were in a suite, were like, hey, I think we're, we're going to probably take off after halftime. <laughs> it was certainly a surprising but uh, enjoyable reversal. So so what happens now with, with Iowa and Iowa State not playing? Do they... <laughs> Does everyone have like? Do they? This is the weekend. Everyone has weddings. It's crazy. Lee. I mean, we've never seen this before, right? Uh, Trent and I are just beside ourselves. What the heck are we going to do? And Monday morning at ten, it's it's Iowa. And it's Iowa State for the first half hour. Of the well, we'll find something, but it's just going. It's going to be different. But are there no a bunch it. of weddings? Or there's got to be something going on. Uh, you know, this is. Yeah, stores are going to be packed. I would think. Yeah, yes. I mean, I, I don't. We've never we've never experienced this, so I guess I don't no. know what it's going to be like. We I mean, obviously, Iowa State's off one week, and then Iowa's right. off another week. But for them both to be off is just um, I we I don't can't like it. The last time it happened, but uh, weird week in college football. I mean, just there's a lot of teams on buys this week. You know, in fact, Trent and I were talking about that earlier. We were mm-hmm. talking about the show, and you were coming up, and I said, yep. "Boy, look, look look at Lee's the games he's going to chronicle for us. Four of them are <laughs> NFL, and only one call." Yeah, other than your play of the week it's just it's well, a different week yeah let's take a look at some some there's some big games in the nfl so we'll take a look at some, more of those this week absolutely well let's start with the with uh, one of the college games and it's a big 10 west tilt boy nebraska really needs this one to get close to bowl eligibility indiana picked yep. them off last week Purdue's there's just so many injuries there Nebraska's going to march into bloomington about a two-point favorite how do you see it well you, you look at these two teams, and it's tough to want to back either Nebraska or Purdue. But 
it's crazy. Nebraska's four and four straight up, but the season feels like they're two and six because I mean there was expectation. Some people thought ten and two, nine and three. I didn't think that. I thought seven and five, maybe eight and four. They got to win this game, I think, to get to a bowl game. It looks like Martinez is going to be given the start. That's what I'm hearing right now. The Purdue run game is atrocious. 2.4 yards per carry, averaging just 69 yards per game, whereas Nebraska averaging over 193 yards per game. So I think they're going to play a little ground and pound here. And Boilermakers, 2-6 and six straight up after covering the last home game by 30 points. I just can't trust them. I'm going to go with Nebraska here. And I like them pretty good. Lines up to three some places. Let's uh, let's back the Cornhuskers 34-27. Let's back up your 5-0 and week last week with some NFL picks. I forgot and, to mention that. Yeah, yes, way to go. Five winners for us last week. We're trying to do it again. We go to the NFL. Philadelphia looked great against the Buffalo Bills. The Bears uh, were the Bears and found a way to lose a game. They certainly shouldn't. Five is the number here, and that's that funky NFL number. It's not a field goal. It's not a touchdown. It's right in the middle. Eagles laying five at home against the Bears. I think it's the worst covering number below 10 points. Am I correct? Mm, that's, yeah, that sounds that right. Yeah. 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 I think it's, it, it only covers the favorites like 41%, 42%. So <laughs> usually a number I stay away from and take the underdog. But, you know, the Bears held the Eagles to, to 1.8 yards per carry when the tem- teams met last year in the playoffs, last January, and they still lost <laughs> 16 to 15. The Eagles, I, I just think they got that confidence going now. 31 points against a really solid Buffalo defense here. The Bills had been allowing just 15 points per game. They doubled that. Um, you know, discounting that London game, the Bears haven't had a true road game in six weeks here. And uh, I just think that the Bears lost to the Raiders. Maybe it was kind of indicative this team just isn't very good. And uh, I think the morale might be shot. Uh, they just are getting horrible quarterback play, and now all of a sudden they got problems with the kicker again. And, and the Eagles have a top-10 run defense, and their secondary has actually gotten healthier. I'm going to back Philly here, 24-16. Hmm. Well, the Green Bay Packers have a home game in Los Angeles this weekend uh, against the Chargers. Everybody that plays the Chargers seemingly is the home team. <laughs> uh, Green Bay's right on top of that division still. The, the Vikings are hot on their heels, but Green Bay holds the division for now. Chargers coming off the win. Green Bay, three-and-a-half-point favorite. How do you see it? Yeah, and I got to see the Sunday night game. I stayed in Kansas City and, and watched that. And, and what Aaron Rodgers did, a couple of those plays, uh, maybe, maybe one or two other quarterbacks can do it. He's 35 years old. So um, I do think, though, that the Packers might be, you know, everything's going right for them. They're catching some breaks. They got some gift officiating against the Lions, uh, beat the Bears just despite scoring only 10 points. They got the Chiefs. They drew them without Patrick Mahomes. I, I never usually talk about due to lose, but I think they might be due to lose here, mm. and it could happen here. Uh, their first road game out west, and uh, believe it or not, how about this? Aaron Rodgers has a losing lifetime road record. People don't realize that wow. uh, the Chargers uh, gotten some of those key pieces back. Left tackle Russell Okun, also tight end Hunter Henry. I have the Chargers actually winning the game here. I'll take the three and a half. They could lose, but it'll be by a field goal or less. I have the Chargers winning the game here, thirty-one thirty. Another game with three and a half as the number. Baltimore against New England. This one is another home dog here with the Ravens. Been a lot of buzz this week, but also 
A lot of talking out of the Ravens. I don't know if that's the best recipe against New England. What do you see here? The Patriots laying three and a half on the road. Well, the biggest problem, you, and, and, and I think if you listen to the, the Baltimore Ravens backers, is I hear them talking about coming off the bye week, and it hasn't been very successful for most NFL teams this year. Maybe the kids, these guys are going away for four days and coming back and not able uh, to focus, but the Lamar Jackson scrambling, you know, different type of quarterback that New England's faced. But if that's all you have to hang your hat on, I, I don't know if it's enough here. Uh, the Patriots get off to fast starts. In fact, in first quarters this year, they dominate their opponents 88-6. to Now, all of a sudden, Brady has another weapon with Mohamed Sanu. Uh, and Baltimore only 12 sacks on the year. So as great as Jackson's been, over 1,650 passing yards, almost 600 rushing yards, the Patriots' defense, 31 sacks and 19 interceptions here. And New England plays just as well on the road, 8-3 and three against the spread the last 11 road games. Give me the Patriots. They stand defeated 30-20. to 30-20, the final in that one. Certainly something that I can envision in the Sunday night football game. We finish up with a huge one for us here locally, our neighbors to the north against the neighbors to the south. We're Me- caught in the middle. Minnesota, <laughs> Kansas City, the battle for I-35. Vikings, a two-point dog in KC. Yeah, and these two, uh, remember, are, are kind of linked to each other, that Super Bowl four. I was there, and they had a lot of old-timers around for the game. You were at that game, Lee? Yeah, I was at the game. Nice. The Kansas State game uh, in Manhattan on Saturday, and I was at the Sunday oh, night Oh, I game. thought you meant Super Bowl Four. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I was actually at Super Bowl Five, Six, and Seven. Nice. So. Well, that's still pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and actually three. Went with my father to three. My first Super Bowl. He was here in Miami. We got tickets. How about this? For $10. Wow. Do you still the have the ticket line. stub? Uh, yeah, and I actually nice. had the program, too. Nice. That's great. Yeah, so... Um, to make sure the wife doesn't throw that one away. That's for sure. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, here's what I see in this game. I don't think Matt Moore is was the problem. I think he's ser- serviceable enough to win here. They're tw- he's actually 20-11 and 11 as a starter in his career. So I, I don't know if you're going to need Bobby Bell or Willie Lanier to suit up here because Kirk Cousins, even though they're moving the pocket more, um, just I, he's still – Still, just not a good road quarterback here in Minnesota. Actually, five and six the last eleven straight up road games here. So, I'm going to take Kansas City. I think they find a way to win here, 28-24. All right, let's uh, get to your game of the week. It's in the Big Twelve. It's uh, K State and Kansas. Both of these schools have yet to play Iowa State, although that will be rectified here in the weeks to come. Yep. K State, Kansas. K State, a six point favorite. Kansas playing well. K State, you saw them last week. If the gang wants yep. more information, how do they get a hold of you? Just call me at eight hundred four hundred nine seven four one. This is one of the rare times I'm actually excited to see a Kansas State Kansas game. Kansas State off the upset against Oklahoma. Uh, they are certainly maybe a year ahead of schedule on Kansas. New offensive coordinator fits their quarterback. They like to run that RPO. So uh, they're expecting uh, maybe as many as fifty five, sixty thousand at the game, and they'd only sold about twenty five thousand seats a week ago. So. Uh, should be a good one. Just call 800-400-9741. And this month is not November. We call it November here. Won 14 out of the last 15 years in November. You want to hop on board, use coupon code SAVE200. Just $397 for five weeks of my service. It's all available. ParamountSports.com. Lee, thank you. We'll talk to you in a week's time. 
Okay, thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. Super Bowls three, five, six, and 7. Pretty cool. Yeah. Good for him. Uh, we was at 10 bucks to get in. <laughs> Crazy. Not bad. No, that's for sure. Uh, 11 o'clock hour coming up next. Alex Halstead about 11.15 on Iowa State. Mark Morehouse, 11.35-ish on Iowa's. We take you until noon. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO.